Welcome and good morning to our God's Word for Today devotional. Our chapter for our devotional today is Psalm chapter 41 verses 1 to 13. And as usual, I would like to read this in our English Standard Version. Blessed is the one who considers the poor. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Kill me, for I have sinned against you. My enemies say of me in malice, when, I, when will he die and his name perish? And when one comes to see me, he utters empty words, while his heart gathers iniquity. When he goes out, he tells it abroad. All who hate me whisper together about me. They imagine the worst for me. They say, a deadly thing is poured out on him. He will not rise again from where he lies. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up, that I may repay them. By this I know that you delight in me. My enemy will not shout in triumph over me, but you have upheld me because of my integrity and set me in your presence forever. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. From everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. David pleaded here for the mercy or the grace of God. Oh Lord, be gracious to me. Now he started this psalm by saying that the compassionate in heart who help the underprivileged or the poor may lead to God's protection. As David says here in verse 1 to 3, Blessed is the one who considers the poor. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord sustains him on the sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. But let us take note that the favor from God does not mean that the godly and generous are always immune to trouble. But we see that in the other chapters of the psalm. Psalm 73, verse 2, for it particularly, Asap complained because the wicked prospers and the righteous were suffering. Habakkuk also complained because the enemy were prosperous and they were somehow rejected or abandoned by God. That's what he felt. However, those who honor God may invite fewer risks than the wicked in their lives. That's what we usually observe that the righteous have fewer risks than those who live in wicked lives. Well, in verse, in verse 4, <clears throat> maybe David was thinking about the good deeds that he did, but he did not make it a liberates or something that he can reason out that he can earn God's favor. He was maybe thinking about what he did to the poor and the needy. But good deeds couldn't compensate his sins. Not, that's what we need to remember. Our good deeds could not compensate our sins. It cannot cover our sins. So David acknowledges sins and failings here. And for him and for us, there, there is no other way to deal with our sins but to be humble to confess it and to repent from it. 
So he said in verse 4, As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. So he was asking for healing. For healing comes not from concealing our sins before God. Proverbs 28 verse 13 say, says that he who covers his sin should not prosper, but he who confesses it will obtain mercy. Cherishing sin in our hearts only builds wall between us and God. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, Our sins had made a separation between us and God. And even the psalmist in Psalm 66 verse 18, If we regard iniquity in our hearts, the Lord will not hear us. The one and only key to deal with our sin is to confess it in order to be forgiven. We need forgiveness through humble confession. So that's why the Apostle John encourages us if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us. And in his righteousness and in his faithfulness, he will forgive us. First John chapter 1, verse 9. Suddenly, David described here a situation whereby his enemies were gloating over his sins. This is most, um, most often is, is the case that when we are wrong, when we fail, people tend to magnify it and tend to remember what we did that is wrong then, and, and forget the hundred over things that we did that was really good and right. So his enemies were rejoicing because of his failings and his um, and they are rejoicing for his downfall. So he said here in verse 5, down to verse 8, My enemies say to me in malice, when will he die? And his name Paris. And when one comes to see me, he utters empty words, while his heart gathers iniquity. When he goes out, he tells it abroad. All who hate me whisper together about me. They imagine the worst for me. They say, a deadly thing is poured out on him. He will not rise again from where he lies. Sounds familiar in your office, in, the, in your workplaces, wherein people will malign and slander others in order that they will be promoted, in order that they will um, be, be given the favor from, from the boss or from, from the authorities. They will get the promotion by stepping upon others, and you are the victim of it. This is not old, but uh, this is not new, but it is really happening ever since, you, you, even during the time of David. These wicked people wish for his downfall and death, and this reveals the evil in their hearts. As Jesus said, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, thief, false witnesses, slander. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19. Adding more insult to his injury, David's close friends also betrayed him. He said in verse 9, Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. The picture of eating together is a picture of close friendship. Perhaps this referred to Ahitophel's. Ahitophel was one of David's close friends, who sided with his rebellious son, Absalom, when Absalom betrayed and rebelled against him. So this statement was quoted by Jesus when Judas betrayed him, who also Jesus considered as a friend. 
So Jesus can identify with the pain of being betrayed because he was betrayed by Judas. Despite of all this, David hopes unto the graciousness of God. He, re he refused to be in despair, but he looked unto the graciousness of God. This is a reflection and um, um, reflection to Psalm 103, verse 8 to 12, that says, the psalmist says there, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. What a beautiful and a comfort for us that God does not deal with us according to our sins, but by virtue of his grace and mercies. David believed that God is gracious. And not only that, but God is delighted in him. He said that, in verse 10 and 11. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me. You raise me up that I may repeat them. Verse 11. By this I know that you delight in me. My enemy will not shout in triumph over me. But you have upheld me because of my integrity and set me in your presence forever. The Lord delights in David. Is, was it because of what he has done? No. Just simply because... God is gracious and merciful. He delights in David, and that draws David to go and embrace unto God. And even he mentioned here that because he was also full of integrity. What does he mean by that? Of course, it does not mean that he was perfect because he was sinful. Integrity does not mean perfection. It means that his sin, but he dealt with his sin. He confessed it and he repented of it. He did not earn God's favor, but became humble, contrite, and repentant. Why? Because he was attracted to God's graciousness. So this is the good news about the love and the grace of God. He poured his grace to us while we were undeserving. That's why we are attracted to him. And this is the good news. We don't earn the favor from God. He gives us the favor simply because God is gracious. We love him because he first loved us. Thus he blurted in praise here. David ended this psalm with his praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. What should be our response because of the grace of God? The grace of salvation should not just make us silent, but we should blurt and praise in worship. Blessed be the Lord who is gracious. And let's not stop praising God. Let's not stop worshiping God every day. Shall we? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for... Again, we are seeing here how gracious you are to the life of David and even to us. And I pray to Father that the same attitude of worship and praise you will see in our hearts, Lord, in response to your graciousness to us, Lord. Despite what people will do and 
how they treat us. Help us, Lord, to respond by praising you, by worshiping you. It's not because people are good to us or things are working well around us, but it's because of the truth that you love us unconditionally. Your grace and mercies are there. You deal with us according to your mercies. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.